he did a good job. He was also in a thing that we're going to talk about later. Do you want to get into it? He did a good job. <laughs> and I meant in the little, movie. I think we got we might have gotten a little bit too fucked up before this one. No, come on. Let's no. party. Let's party. It's 150, <laughs> baby. Where? <laughs> Somewhere two time zones away from here. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not mad about it at all. I'm happy about it. I'm very happy about what it. What are you happy about? I'm happy about uh, this podcast. I'm happy that we got to see a movie together this week and talk about it on this podcast. We I'm, had a great week. Dude. I'm happy about the number because I like strong numbers, and this is a strong number. What number is it? This is number 150. Come on. I'm not. I feel like I'm not ready to say it yet. Gearbuds Podcast, episode 150. Dude, damn me up. We just touched from... We're so far. Well, you know, I just realized as I I was doing that 150 episodes in, I woke up a few times in the middle of the night. I got really bad sleep last night because I uh, have old man pains where I just... I, 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 I don't know. I was doing some push-ups the other day. Maybe I think I don't know what it is. I had to also move. That's what it was. It was moving my dad's stuff, but I I've got this pain in my rib cage that uh, is real bad. That uh, I just I anyways I felt it as I was stretching to that. Here we go. We don't need to talk about all that. I'm probably gonna edit that Come out on. anyways. <laughs> Episode one fifty Gearwoods podcast. I am Henry. That's Dave. Hey, this is our show. We did hundred fifty of these. Look this at that. Is, yeah. Dave suggested before we got on the mics that we put on sunglasses. So we so are we wearing it. sunglasses right now. Why not? This is a symphony of corrections after all. We can correct this at another time. Maybe maybe, maybe we're going to wear sunglasses every time from now on. Who is to say? Let's get into it. Symphony of corrections. These are weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Shout out to tone tubes fans. Shout out to tube tone if you're still with us. Thank you far and wide for listening. We love you all forever. There are some of you that have listened to all 150 of these and that is that's incredible incredible because you know who can't say the same thing either of us yeah. i guess i I've, I've edited them but i i certainly don't think dave is listening to listen to 150 so thank you for putting in the time and effort to love us so much thank because you so we much. love you so much we make we make these for ourselves and we make these for you and we hope that somewhere in the middle we have a podcast that is worth listening to Follow us on the stuff if you don't subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff gearbudspodcast at gmail dot dot net. We shout out to people who reach out all hundred fifty times on the show. Yeah, right. We've this show has changed so much over the years. Someone someone should really take the time that isn't one of us to go back and edit through and figure out. Oh, how has the show evolved? And what of all the segments? Where have they come from? Maybe there'll be a whole philosophy paper on it one day. <laughs> I hope not. The origins of Gearbuds. And uh, and you know what? If you if you reach out, we like to shout you out. So there have been a couple this week. First of all, I want to say you got to meet one of my closest near dear friends. Shout that. out to Sarah. And she's, I believe of, there are many people, but not maybe not many people. She is among the people that has, that has listened to most of these, if not all of these. So thanks Thank for be, being there with us. And, and you know what? She got to come out for a little... Meet and greet with the Gearbuds this last week. It was funny when I asked her, because we were in Shotgun. We were riding up front, and she's in the back. And uh-huh. I was like, is it weird hearing us talk, but also seeing our faces? Would be a, like kind of a weird thing. And what did she say? 
She said yes. <laughs> yes, David, it is. And uh, cool. So that's awesome. And then also I got to go this past weekend to a birthday party celebration Ooh. at Fitzgerald's here in Illinois. It's actually in Berwyn, Illinois, just outside. I believe that's just Wist, Illinois. I'm not. Southwest, yeah. Okay, Southwest, there it is. Dude, uh, I heard it was an all-star lineup. It was an all-star lineup because it was for a great friend of the show, Jim Turk, his birthday. He had a little jam session where he put together a bunch of musicians, all of his friends, to play a bunch of different songs, two whole sets worth, and uh, you know, play all all the some some of his old band, some of his because uh, like some of his you know bandmates were there and such, but then also a bunch of cover songs. And it was cool because not only was it just a bunch of awesome musicians playing, including Jim himself, but also a bunch of people from the show former guests including joe darnaby joe actually i've got to say first of all joe he actually texted after to say that he listens too so he not not only was he once a guest he's a longtime listener so hey joe hi joe didn't didn't know that you're keeping up with us that's awesome thanks for letting me know that a bunch of people were there i'm not going to try to list them all but a former a bunch of our former guests like five of our former guests it was an all-star dude i mean that's so cool dude Oh, that was such a good night. Not only that, I've got to say it was kind of crazy because the club or the gig was was at Fitzgerald's, and I, you know, it's been around for a while, but it's uh, become it's come under under new ownership by a good friend, and I just it was just like this crazy thing where seeing my old friend Will, who you know I know from partying back in the day and playing our old bands playing together. Now he owns his club and has like rehabbed it, and made it so much more badass, and it's got like a much cooler stage and setup, and like yeah. there's an outdoor venue and an indoor, and there's a barbecue restaurant attached to it, and all kinds. Of, it's just like wow, we're we're growing up, and some people are are making do and doing cool stuff, and that was really nice. That's fucking awesome, man. I mean, yeah. when you see someone, it felt really good. Come up like that. Really proud of him, and just you know, just got to catch up with him. And I was just, I even said, I was like, "Wow, I'm proud of you, man!" Like, yeah, good job, good job on this place. Way Dude, to have a dope bar and venue and restaurant. I don't think enough friends tell each other like, "I'm proud of you, dude." Like, I'm, I'm glad you're like doing well in life. Enough people don't say that. People should say that more when they, they really mean should. it. When they mean it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So when you mean it, tell your friends. Yeah, your earbuds. After all, this isn't gear foes. And uh, do you know what I I wanted to bring something up? I just like I just made a little a little note of something this week that we. <laughs> We 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 talk about this sometimes. Is that we have all this weird lingo and lexicon, and partially just as being gearbud musicians, but also part for the for the show. And something came up this week that I think we need to add to the dictionary, the okay. gear, our gearbud dictionary here, which is cranker. Do you right. remember cranker? Yeah, it's it's like our What's version of the Urban Dictionary. I love yeah, it. exactly. Tell us um, what a cranker is. So a cranker is a guitar where the or tr- bass or bass or acoustic mostly, bass, mostly actually basses, <laughs> or your acoustic bass. And if you can't turn the truss rod any further, and it's stripped, that's a cranker, dude. Exactly. When a guitar bass. Anything with a truss. Yep. Get that thing cranked all the way. Because I was I was talking about my. But it'll still work. Yeah. You know, a little bit. It's got maybe got a little bit of a bow. Could my, use a little bit of love, but, it, but that's a cranker. If it is, and then it is what it is. You got to love it for what it is. And I think, <laughs> I think you you can't I do anything can, else. I think you can spot a cranker. I don't think I don't think a I don't think a cranker is hard to hard to. What find. do you think about people who sell guitars and they put the like the quarter like on the fretboard and they're uh-huh. like, this is how far the strings are. You I th- know, you know what? Some people really like it's that. It's smart. I think it's is smart. Is it a quarter or a nickel? What is it? Like it's a way to measure. Oh, my head was getting a little tight by the headphones Oops. there for a second. I, you know what? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a handful of times. Some people even use those gauges. So which, if if that thing's like half a quarter, 
That could be a cranker. Half a quarter. Oh boy, that's yeah. That's gonna need some love. <laughs> it is a cranker, actually. Probably yeah. because they, you know, yeah. Someone, if you if you're seeing that bad, you're gonna try that yourself. Even if you're afraid of trust <laughs> rides, you're gonna try it. And then once it once it's stuck, you're like, I don't know. And we've said it before, people don't be afraid of your trust rods. You can toy with them. A toy is a strong word. I would, you know, loosen Mr. your strings, Senior David. Just don't not loosen the string. No, just just the the. Quarter turn at a time. You don't loosen the strings before you. No, turn no, because then how do you know if it's doing its job? Well, you tune it back up after that, nah, and then you no, let it sit. No, 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 no. no. So I do I it do. at tench. Man, we just we just found out we set up guitars differently. Wowzers! Whoa. Because I mean, of course, unless it's a guitar where don't you think it's like weird to, you have to take it if off your guitar's perfectly in tune to like crank the truss rod? Wouldn't that fuck with everything? If if I'm if I've got my guitar at pitch, right. Then I know what the actual tension, the bow, like the pullback that's happening happening from the strings is, because then I can see like, oh, it's got this, it's got this bow in the middle here. I've, I'm trying to straighten that out. Right. How um, how am I gonna know if I'm fixing that if I don't turn the truss rod and then immediately see if it gets fixed? Because you just tune it back up. It's a it's a process, but you gotta. That's what I do. I don't know. No dog. Wow. No. Did we just get in our first fight? I for first I don't dude no way do we just become best friends? There's, listen, good housekeeping. I that's fine. John Stamos, where's Stamos at? I you're just you're wasting a lot of time with that. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree. I mean, it takes a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just being and extra then you don't precautious. Know. Precautious of what? Making sure I don't like pull on the strings, I guess, or the bridge, or dude, I'll fucking take any one of my guitars and go on and pull on those fucking strings. I don't care. Right. I do that. I do that when I tune them up. I guess that's what it is. It's more of like, am I fucking the strings up? Because then, if you if you stretch your strings, they're not going to be in tune. No, you should. You're supposed to stretch your strings. Well, right, initially. Yeah. But then. And then if you stretch them again, dude, that's the best part. If you stretch them, then they just they go back to that that same tuning. Hopefully. Do strings have like a elasticity? To They've got them? a tensile strength, dog. What's the what's the tensile strength number? They all they all vary. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't even is give it them, like, they don't even give them to us for the most time. Like but 10? you can calculate it. How do you measure 10? it? I don't uh, with a <laughs> with a like those like out. pull those like uh, pressure pull like pull gauges pressure gauges pressure I think pressure is different but it's those ones that like have the hooks and like pull. Whoa! Like the things at the gym that you work out with. What are we even talking about? Let's do this freaking episode. Either way, crankers are crankers. Are you thinking about putting new new leckies, new electronics in your acoustic bass? I would like to uh, approach the idea. Yes. <laughs> that was the most non-committal gear butt answer possible. No, I want to let's let's crack her open and take a look. The problem is it's an acoustic bass, so you can't really Yeah, what are you cracking? You kind of got to just take the strings and off and go in the hole. Yeah, what do you well, do? You you hold a mirror with a flashlight? How do you get in there? That's a, I mean that's definitely one way. You could throw your your phone camera in there and like take a picture, broadcast that to a screen or something. You know, airplay it. What I don't I, know. I do wonder that how people install those pickups. Let's there. get a, let's just let's start inspecting the insides of instruments with our phones and make that the point of the show. Also, the point of the show continuing on with the symphony. Who's to say? Uh, dude, you mentioned someone earlier today that you wanted me to bring up. Yeah. Who is it and why are we bringing it up? I, I want to shout out my boy Brady Watt, an amazing bass player. Uh, was just diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. He's going bummer. through uh, chemo and all that and support him. Uh, Brady Watt Bass. Go check his on Instagram. On his Instagram. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. Oh, really, really cool. Doing, and he's done a lot of really big 
record. He always does this thing. His kind of thing was he plays bass like along with like a rapper. Like that's yeah. his thing. So he'll just by himself, no drummer, no nothing, and he just goes da 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 da, and somebody starts fucking rapping. It's dude, that was a so good. Cool. That was a good little bass. I was like, man, I wish I could rap so I could throw something down on that he's better than me he's he's more like but then he'll do the craziest fills you've right. like super fast and he always makes a face like he smiles at you he's the happiest guy i wish him the best yeah so put out good vibes for brady watt yeah, man. <clears throat> from gear buds and uh go check out his instagram and all that shit and all the songs i mean you probably already heard his 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 playing uh dude here we go this might be I, this isn't this is a potential bfi or gfi i'm not sure okay. did you hear about the fact that Bandcamp was acquired Bandcamp, you know, everyone's favorite sort of like for the artist music service. I got an email from them actually. Was acquired by Epic Games, which is kind of wild. So they sold the whole company? The whole company. Wow. Epic Games announced the acquisition on its own website stating that, quote, fair and open platforms are critical to the future of the creator economy. Exciting. The statement continued, Epic and Bandcamp share a mission mission of building the most artist-friendly platform that enables creators to keep the majority of their hard-earned money. They've got those Bandcamp Fridays where all the money goes to artists. I love that. Super awesome. Bandcamp will play an important role in Epic's vision to build out a creator marketplace ecosystem for content, technology, games, art, music, and more, which is kind of a massive, wide-ranging thing that they're trying to do. Uh, Here's where... uh, things i'm kind of concerned in 2012 epic founder tim sweeney sold 40 percent of the company to tencent if you don't know tencent they're Mm -hmm. the giant chinese multinational media firm that also owns a bunch of universal music uh does a bunch of business with like the big like spotify and all the biggest music basically they're like kind of already in bed with big record labels what are the musicians rights on the songs they upload to that to Bandcamp? yeah because I have songs on Bandcamp. I'm I do sure too. Yeah, do too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. To be honest, I I've I, never. Read I, any I checked of the stuff. box and was like, upload. I was like, oh, every <laughs> yeah. other every other band does this. What if so. they own like you know your song becomes popular and you don't get a dollar? I have no idea, honestly. I, I that'd think still be pretty. Cool, I would though. imagine at this point, uh, people who care about that kind of thing uh, in a, at a very deep level would have already looked into that. I hope so. We'll see. So, friends, if let us know. listening, let us know. <laughs> Are we getting ripped off? But uh, no, it's yeah, yeah. That is kind of fucked up. It's kind of it's like a, it's on the one hand, I'm very. I hope Bandcamp does well, and it, I like Bandcamp, and I hope it sticks around. The other, I'm nervous that now this company, the Epic Games, that makes freaking Fortnite and like some of the biggest games in the world. Well, if uh, they own forty percent, I mean, they don't have all the control. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Epic is not entirely owned by Tencent, right? That'd be crazy though. You're playing Fortnite, and like when your socks comes up, that's that's gonna be much more. I mean, if you think about it, that's a, that's already been kind of going on. There's like Travis Scott concerts. They've oh, done a yeah. bunch of like Ariana Grande huge in-game events with that already. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll have to keep our eyes on that one. We don't know BFI like, or GFI. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there could it could go either way. I have to say, this is kind of also not sure if BFI or GFI, although. As someone that likes this kind of the way things are, uh, you know, as an old man yelling at the sky, I'm, I'm shake it, uh, shake shaking, fist. shaking a fist here. But uh, Music Mesa is no more. Have you heard about this? I don't know. Do you know what Music Mesa is? I Dave? don't. Music Mesa is the European NAM show. Oh, and it is no more. <clears throat> it was in Germany every year, uh, and uh, it was at Frankfurt. 
Like for a long time? For a long time. And uh, they canceled this edition and then basically have gone on to say that not only are they canceling this year, they're just not going to do it anymore because the entire state of the music industry, the music equipment industry has changed. Mm. Interesting. The dramatic transformation in the instrument market where over 70% of sales are now attributed to a small number of online retailers, you know, a handful of folks, uh, has already had a very negative effect on the Music Mesa trade exhibition in recent years. This is one of the factors driving the transformation from a B2B to a B2C event. So basically the idea is that before Music Mesa and NAM are these B2B events where basically business to businesses, you've, you set up all your businesses, set up different booths and you show their wares and then other businesses come and say, hey, okay, how can we work together? How can I sell your business's products? They're saying that because there's such a small number of online retailers that control 70% of this market, as they say, in Europe, which I would imagine it's probably probably sort of similar here or maybe even higher. Uh, because of that, this, the idea of needing a B2B event is no longer necessary. And they're going to maybe think about doing some sort of thing where that's like cons- making it a consumer event where like now any Tom, Dick, or Jane down the street can go to this event instead of being like a media and business-focused event. What do you think, Dave? That won't happen to Nam, I'm sure. Right? I don't know. Like that's why wouldn't? Why couldn't it? Exactly. What about if Nam was in the metaverse? Nam already has a Sunday is already open to the public. Right. So that's the day. Like all Thursday, Friday, Saturday is right. all we're like the like yeah. media and business, and then yeah. Sunday is open open to the public. So it could there. I guess it could just become all public. Oh my god! What would happen? Oh no! What would happen in the music industry? It's already happened. It's it's more of a reaction to what's happening. You know what I mean? I mean, it makes sense. Like everybody's buying everything online, so but it's fun to walk around. I I liked it. I liked it more when there were a bunch of different companies, businesses that had a reason to be there to go and sell their products. But like, if if there are a lot fewer and fewer competitors, then that's kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. So. That's a BFI. I think that's maybe BFI. <laughs> uh, here's one that I think is this made me laugh FI because an LFI. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw a thread on the gear page and it was about, dude, it was so funny. It was about um, how, you know, obviously there's all sorts of really horrible stuff going on with Russia and the world is shutting every everyone. We're all rightfully shutting our borders down to Russia and all this sort of shit. And, uh, because us guitar dicks are the only ding dongs that still use tubes made in Russia, there was a thread That's about true, like, man. oh my god, the should, we, should we start buying up Russian tubes because we're not going to be able to get them anymore? Is there a surge in Russian tubes right and now? Dude, there is a surge <laughs> in like toilet paper style people buying up tubes. I and mean, like, I've I've read I read a bunch of entries on the gear page of people saying. These tubes that I was going to buy for $130, I went back the next day and they were $180 or, you know, $150 to $200. Whereas, like, these, like, within days, all of the vendors are raising their prices already on tubes. And it's not clear if it's because there is an actual shortage or because there's just this sudden surge in demand. So they're like, screw it. We're going to raise our prices until these buttholes figure it out. Might as well. I mean, <laughs> that's the market. Here's the other thing. I mean, yes, I, I know that Electroharmonics, their tubes, their, their factories in Russia, and there's been a lot of stuff with that. And then um, 
JJ, which I think are one of the biggest names, those are made in Slovakia, so we're like pretty much all good there unless yeah. they somehow get involved. Uh, there's I, I learned a little bit though, so I didn't know I, for the last three years there have been no Chinese tubes. Period. There was like one main giant factory in China that made all the tubes that we you know use for Chinese tubes. Wouldn't you say like, uh, down. but like a cheap like um, you know overseas tube amp would have Chinese tubes or no? That's what I'm saying. For the last three years, the the one company in China, the giant warehouse that made it, burned down. Oh, and they've been re. But it turns out they're actually rebuilding it and are gonna like go back to making tubes again, which is hopeful there's also a, a new sensor uh is a tube company u.s based that is also based i didn't know that they also had their tubes made in russia uh so that's kind of who are the u.s tube makers there aren't dude no harmonics but it's in russia i think we did talk about this in an we episode did. once we were like we should start making tubes we should start making tubes Stingray. tubes if and transformers those are the, those are the things yeah for, <laughs> but only for people who like guitar amps and uh po- tube power amps for freaking record players we might need your drummer engineer buddy too who listens to the podcast oh get steve in the mix steve, i love it if you're listening help us build tubes okay so we're getting close to my the thing that i'm gonna be probably one of the things too, i'm too excited about a couple of things but one of the things i'm most excited about this week and that is going to be dave's docs but before we get to that i have to ask you a question dave please have you ever seen a movie called band slam Okay, I, I've got to take my glasses off. No, you can you can leave yours on. Leave yours on. You look you look so good. I just it's just squeezing my head too much. It was giving me a little oh, bit of a headache. I'm sorry you were uncomfortable. No, I'm no, but I, I I love the experience. I feel like we should. I shouldn't just. No, no, them. no. You look good with them. Yeah, I, I insist. You looked amazing with yours. I appreciate though. that. Um, Have you ever seen Band Slam? Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I'm gonna take. Oh one. my god, you've seen it, dude. It's oh my god, you've seen awful. Oh, like. By the way, I watched the whole thing oh, and I enjoyed start it. Start to finish, and I gear butted out. Like I was looking at all the start, the Squire P. Wait, races. did you watch it recently? Probably like last year. Okay. Yeah, not you watched it recently. A couple days ago. Give me the premise really quick. Refresh my memory. Oh my god. Because they're trying out. They're like the high school band. It's it's it is a tangled web, my friend. Basically, there's this <laughs> kid, and him and his mom move from somewhere to somewhere else sure. in new jersey i believe they moved to from somewhere else ohio i think and he's like a cool songwriter kid he's not a songwriter he's just a just a real deep music lover oh and and uh, he meets a girl sure. so he goes to this new school and he's like i'm gonna have this new start and immediately meets Two of just like the cutest, most beautiful, talented girls. It turns out I didn't know. So the one was Vanessa right. Hudgens. I knew who that was. There were two girls. Yeah, and then the other one, I didn't. I had no idea she was. Just, she's like the main sort of blonde chick in that movie. Uh, blonde, you know, like band band girl in that movie where she's like this amazing songwriter and stuff, but also was like the head cheerleader and stuff. Was right. from this duo called Allie and AJ, and I'm too old to have known that that's who that was. But she was like this. She's super famous, like Disney star. Oh, you mean like really? That's who. Yes. Okay. Yeah, her and her sister have a band called Allie and AJ that are like very famous. Cool. And anyways, they're dude. It's so complicated, but it's also I don't even want it. Did I, you love it? I could not believe how bad it was. The you whole watched time. the whole thing though. I watched the whole thing because I needed to know what happened. But here's the other thing. The whole movie is told through the main character writing diary entries. So it's like narrated of him writing diary entries written to David Bowie. 
And then oh, I forgot about that. Part. Spoiler alert. Just do it. This is David Bowie's last fucking movie. The last David Bowie appearance on film is 2009's Band Slam, where he shows up at the very end of this movie. And the and it, dude, there's this whole thing where like Band Slam is this event where it's like local high school bands in New Jersey all compete to get a record contra- contract similar oh, to like yeah, of course. the state championship or like, like Bring It On or something, right? Or yeah. yeah, or like some sort of high school musical. Situ- I don't. I've never yeah. even seen that. I don't even know that's because everyone competes on a Tuesday afternoon for a record contract. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. <laughs> The movie ends with David Bowie himself being like, oh, I've got a new indie record label and I really like the band, which is called I Can't Go On, I Must Go On, uh, because that was the era of band names like Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, it's and not bad. Shout It Out. It's not bad. Say- no, it's not a band. I've, I've heard worse names, I have to I have to admit. Uh, but dude, the movie... I. There are just so many things. The way that the way that it's, I think that it's well acted. I think the story is fucking hot trash, and uh, the fact that it's David Bowie's last movie makes me really. That's sad. Bummed. That's a BFI for sure. That's a BFI. <laughs> the, the the GFI about it is that the the soundtrack kind of kicks fucking ass. There's like, what do I have? I, I wrote it down. Wilco, Velvet Underground, oh. Peter Bjorn and John, Nick Drake, and David Bowie. A bunch of wow. David Bowie. There's like allusions to like visual allusions to Bowie moments. And there's, there is some sort of cool stuff that happens, but like, honestly the story and the way that they execute it and just the way that they have the characters completely change who they are from scene to scene is really, truly batshit. And I would love to see someone who knows a lot more about film and writing than me analyze it and t- tear it apart and, and go through it. Cause it's really, it's really wild to me. We should, uh, we have a new series. Called- oh, Lisa Kudrow is also in it. That's right. She's That's the mom. Right. Did you watch a movie this week? I did watch a movie this week. Did you watch a movie this week in the theater? I'm biting my lip like a cute girl. <gasps> Dave's Ducks and Henry. That's me. <laughs> that I, I just belted so loud. I made Sophie get up from her sleeping position and readjust, She's readjusting. Her, little, her little calico croissant. Okay, Dave, what did we do this week? So this is great. In I'm celebration so of episode 150. This. In celebration of episode 150. We went to the movies together. We did. And we saw Studio 666, the motherfucking Foo Fighters horror comedy. We saw freaking Studio Studio 666, the new Foo Fighters horror comedy. Okay, first of all, let's start with the horror comedy. Where do you feel it landed on on those two grounds? Oh, comedy over horror for sure. Like a real horror. There was a a lot of really just over-the-top gruesome... Violence gore. and gore. Gore. Yeah. Gore. Yeah. gore. That's a good word for horror gore. You know what I thought of, dude? I was mm. trying to think of like how to put it together and like what it made me think. Evil Dead was the thing yeah. that stuck out in my T- mind. Big time Evil Dead. And, Evil and Dead they eyes. nailed it with the blood on the light bulb part. Oh, filling up inside the bulb. Yeah. Oh, man. That's By the way, cool. can we spoiler alert? Okay, we should start with that. Yeah, spoiler alert. We're Sorry. gonna we're gonna talk about this movie. We're, you have to go see it. You gotta go but see it. But we're also gonna talk about it. If you don't wanna get I'm sorry to do this right now, if you don't wanna get spoiled, jump ahead like 10, 10, 10 minutes or so. Yeah, we'll see we'll how keep, long we go. Ten minutes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep my eyes on the ball there. Yeah, ten <laughs> minutes too. or so. Yeah, we'll do our best. And if it sounds like we're still talking about uh, the movie at that point, or Dave Grohl, or yeah, horror. If things, the tone changes, because we're if about we're not to... talking about gear, a uh, spoiler alert. We're gonna start talking about the Boss GX100. <laughs> if we're not there talking you go. about that, that's a good way to rewind then, it. Uh, then yeah, there we go. So let's get into Dude, it. I gotta horror be honest, comedy. man. Yeah, let's do it. I loved it, dude. You did. 
I agree that it was a little too long, much like Judd Apatow It was movies. a bit too long, indeed. He Judd Apatowed it, for sure. It was about an hour 50, I think. I think we could have just trimmed some of the fat. Get me 15 of those minutes, 10 Dude, at least, if that uh, movie was else. an hour and like tw- like 10 minutes long, it would have been the best movie in the world. They they could have made it. I don't yeah. now, you know. Now, I would, what would you... I would not cut out the parts where Dave Grohl's playing guitar. And, okay, like, any, and of, the, any of the moments where they're jamming or doing stuff. I would not cut any of that. Which, let's just say, Gearbud's listening, there are ample moments where that happens, so you're going to be very excited There's about that. There's a lot of jamming going on. Uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, so basically the premise is, is Dave's, Dave Grohl's like, the Foo Fighters need to make a new record, and then the record label Jeff Garland guy's like, well, a new fucker's got to, you're going to, you got to figure it out. And then, no, like, he, we, and then they're like, we need something crazy. We need to like shake it up and we do need something to go different. like on the, uh, in the castle, like Zeppelin did. He said, we, need we to want go dragons, to Hedley Grange, wizards and demons. Like, like Aleister Crowley's freaking mansion. And he was and like, he's like, Oh, I've got, I got the spot. Yep. Which still, yeah. Okay. So I guess it does make sense. So now I think, yeah. well, now it makes sense. Now I think how the movie ends, but like, we're going to do that. So then, you know, they go there. Of course it's haunted. Dave Roll gets possessed, tries to kill the whole freaking band. The gore, they, was but while awesome. making this record at the same time, I loved this, the, the idea that like, he didn't know what to write. He didn't know what to write. He went down to this basement and there was like, you know, this ghost basically went inside of his mouth while he's listening to the tape machine that had of, uh, Black Widow. What are they called? Demon Witch. De- Demon Widow. Demon Widow. I don't know. They were fucking pretty cool. But I like how right away it's like, do, 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 and he's like, this is the best song I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, whoa, relax, dude. Like, give well, it up. I mean, that's, it really leans into the super cheesiness of, of the fact that it's, it's a horror movie at all times. But they were making fun of themselves. And I fucking I love that, dude. Oh, exactly, and 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 that they were just like none of us are good actors. I, you know, I I think my least favorite part of the movie was, and I'm glad that even he's a full member of the band now and everything, the keyboard player. But like all of the super cheesy him, just like constantly hitting on cut every woman. Stuff it had that, nothing to do. With none of that needed yeah. to be in the movie. There was the one. There was one really satisfying kill scene with him and, and Whitney Cummings. I would say. Well, they did have to build up to the fact that like he was courting her. And he got sure. her into bed at the end. The, uh, yeah, I just that none of that did anything for me because right. again, none of them are actors. So it's like, I mean, she is oh, yeah. to a certain extent, but like he wasn't. So it was just the, that that didn't that was that was kind of every part of the, that I saw that I was like, oh, this is where the movie's feeling long. I was light on that. Yeah, you could have cut some of that out for sure. So let's talk about the gear a little bit. Let's do talk. <laughs> a, dude. Are... Literally, the first scene of the movie features a panning shot over a whole jam jam room full of gear so the gretch was the first thing i noticed the snare drum there's the gretch snare drum and the ernie ball music man stingray oh in the very first in the very first scene i'm sorry i was thinking about like that whole band that were in the house before like the band that was that that whatever ernie ball bass um what else was there there was some really cool. I shit. would have to see. I mean, that I I wasn't taking notes, so I. This you is know, another I mean, one we're gonna have to do for our show that we. <laughs> we're gonna have to do the rewatch yeah. exactly just for the Patreon. Yeah, for the Patreon. Uh, for sure. But so there was a really cool kill scene, and like the first opening scene in a horror movie, super cool kill scene with gear in the background, so that and like featuring a bass. So and there was like this weird music going on. It was like, shh, like. Rah. But you know what, dude? I've got to say, we were talking about this a little bit. Uh, so, okay, so wait, hold on. Last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was, we talked about not knowing what 
amps Dave Grohl uses. And if this yes. movie is to be believed, we might have an answer. And I think they used the gear they absolutely used. It looked like they were using their stuff. Ashdown bass amp. Like Full Ashdown rig. What would... I want to ask you this. What guitar was um, Pat Smear playing? I don't remember. It he was like a weird... He might have been playing a Reverend. Yeah. It was like a weird like three three headstock though. Like yeah, right. Yeah, I, th- like I think it might have been playing a, re- a reverend. Okay, I, that's a good question. I wasn't really. I, I'm not sure. But I, to Dave Grohl's amps, we talking about amps. Was playing two amps. It looked like a Fender Supersonic into a four by twelve of I'm not sure maybe a Mesa or Marshall, and a Vox AC thirty two twelve on top of another two twelve probably or maybe a four twelve. I'm not sure. Yeah. So he was running two amps. That's the sound. That's the sound. We didn't see what Chris Schiff was playing. It looked like, so I saw that there were some Mesa cabs. I couldn't tell what amps they might have been using. Stuff or Pat. Offside, yeah, we didn't really see. Off, off stage or whatever. They, definitely, they, all in this they definitely focused on the amps for a second. Oh, they gave us on some. Dave Grohl's amps. We'll, we'll, get some, we'll be able to get some rewatches in at some point and yeah. pick all that stuff out. But, dude, I wanted to say there's a lot of Dave Grohl's signature guitar. He's playing a lot that, you know, his Gibson DG-335. And you and I both were looking at these this week, and they have gotten freaking oh, expensive, dude. dude. Yeah, Twenty grand 20 for like the first model. Grand. For the first model, twenty grand. That's or in the Pelham Blue, or in the um, it's a bit cheaper in that Desert Gold. I think it might be called. I love that Desert. Gold. You like the Desert Gold more than I do. I think I li- would like it with an ebony board instead of the lighter rosewood. I agree. Uh, it's a little washed out looking to me. I agree. But none in that super cool green that he well, had so in his the movie. Was, it looked really green in the movie. It was almost like the Chris Cornell signature green color. Oh, man. Which is maybe my favorite. It really was. Because it was still metallic. It wasn't all worn out. But it looked as if Pelham Blue had faded into like a weird <sighs> aqua green color. Dude, you can't, you like almost, you, I don't think you can't, you like, you can't pay for that color yeah you just have to find an old pelham well it's like when we've seen uh 335 sitting in the window and it was like um burgundy mist but it faded to orange because it's been sitting in a window for 20 years those are are (laughs) so cool but dude here's the question what why first of all why can't we buy it in that green color second why are they twenty thousand dollars that's cool but that's ridiculous well gibson's ridiculous dude but here's the here's the here's the main question dave why is there no Epiphone version of that guitar? Why haven't they made an Epiphone signature? Trini Lopez, at least, right? Either either one with the Firebird headstock and the... Trini's had the Firebird, these. right? Headstock? Yes. Yeah. So what's the deal? Well, they did do a reissue of the that fine young lady who has a, a guitar that I sent you. I don't know who she is. Emily something? Emily Wolf. Yes, thank you. Yeah. The um, 335 uh, Epiphone. Or is it a it's, Sheridan? It's the same body with the uh, diamond... F's, but that it has a uh, three and three headstock on okay. the top, so it's a little different. But you're right. Why why wouldn't they market the Dave Grohl signature in an Epi? That seems pretty obvious For to me, especially considering how expensive too. those Gibsons are. There are some people right. out there that would buy them, right? But if you have any questions about that Trini Lopez guitar, you can go watch my old CME video. Now, and now I'm thinking about did that one have a three and three headstock? What song did you play for that? I forget. I played a bunch of stuff. Including a Foo Fighters song because I was like, oh, it's got the, you know, the Dave Grohl heritage sort of with it, too. And this was in standard. I played Albatross. Oh, the whole thing. (laughs) Albatross by Fleetwood Mac is one of my favorites. That sounded really good. on. Did you get to pick the songs? I did everything. I I got to. I just I just did the whole thing. That's really cool. Wrote the whole script and made all the songs. And uh, I did that. I did 
Oh, what was the Foo Fighter song? The I think it was a. It's one that has like a harder riff, and I put, used a, a pedal. So but I used a brown dude. Best, I, used, I think I used best. a brown face Fender uh, combo amp nice. for that. But I, yeah, the I don't remember the answer. I was. You. It's like that's like maybe like a 20, 25 pound, 40, 30 pounds heavier version of me. I thought it was a hollow guitar. body. It was a hollow body. Oh, you weren't. You were in a hollow body back then. I wasn't. I was a little. I was a little <laughs> You're a hollow body it. right now, dude. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm old. I'm somewhere in between. You're looking trim, bro. I, I I was skinnier. I've I've put on a little a little bit of weight, but I'm working on it because I've got a freaking dude. I've been eating. I've been trying to be be very healthy this past week because I've got next weekend. I've got a photo shoot that I'm doing. You you kind of swung that by me the other day, and I was like, we're not going to talk about this. Oh uh, yeah, my it's actually a girl that I grew up with is now this super talented photographer. Um, and just like asked me to do this thing with suit like she's got some photo shoot where she has this like a space she actually doesn't even live in chicago but she's got she rented the space in the south or in like bridgeport area um and then is having people wear suits and then i have to like wear a suit and come do a photo shoot of like just me for do a you have hour. to get the suit or i already thankfully like bought a suit like a new right. suit not that long ago, i remember so the whole suit thing that's why i'm like all right let's fucking go do you try it on? It's tailored. It's good to go. I have, well, no, back then I did, but right. um, I haven't recently because, and that's why I've been, I'm like I said, eating very healthy and trying to be skinny for the next week, just so that when I do put it on for the first time, I'm not like uh, very sad. Sure. So um, yeah, but anyways, uh, that's that's the story of my fluctuating. I fit age. in like two of my suits now. I have I have eight suits. Oh, oh, I was like, well, I was like, how many? I guess it depends if you've got three. That's a pretty I have good way number. Too, I have way too many. No, it's bad. Get it, get on. That's why you've been doing the working out. You've been I have, I have worked buddy. out this week twice. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's work out some future gear. We already spoiled that we were going to talk. No, we've do. I'm we didn't finish six, six, we, six. we did not finish six, six, six. What am I talking about? This Dude, is we got to like talk talking. more about this movie a little bit. Of course we do. Uh, wait. So in general, I liked it. I think our listeners will like it. I think there's so much gear. There's so much rock and roll. There's so much like pretty good metal we already spoiled last week that steve Vai uh is in did the, the guitar parts that yeah. there's a moment where right after dave Grohl gets uh fucking um what's the word possessed, possessed. yeah he's like i gotta show you guys yeah. i got the song i got it that was my and favorite part just like, but the band actually was into it they're all like yeah Holy and it's like slow-mo of the band going like yeah and he's just jamming out. i think nate was probably the best actor of them all yeah Nate Mendel. Nate I always, Mendel, I always yeah. mess up the names of that of the band. Uh, I thought I thought uh, what, Chris Schiff was he Chris Shiflet. Shiflet, yeah. They, they call, call him Shifty. Shifty. I think he actually did a good job because the bad scene in the beginning where he was talking about barbecue, he's like, "Dave, you always overcook barbecue." Like it was so <laughs> deliberate. And oh then, yeah, and that then was, they that all were like Daddy, that in the very beginning, so. and they were like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh, there's gonna be a callback to this for sure." And there was, and but it was so deliberate. Yeah. I'm like, "This is great, man." That, that, it was I, campy. It I, was campy. I would think be it would be word. a good. It, it will be the sort of thing that if you're into sort of. I, I hope that they re-edit it a little bit to clean up some of the pacing stuff because the pacing was kind of crappy. But if they can sort that out for the DVD release, I think it'll reward. A repeated watch because like you said there are things that they do there is foreshadowing and callbacks and they do kind of like I, I would imagine there are a lot of references i mean look we didn't even get to the fact that carrie king is in the fucking movie that was the best 
he's just out of nowhere. They call him Krug or something like that. Yeah. Krugie. And, uh, and you know, just like everyone in the movie basically fucking dies. So yeah, that's kind of cool. He's the first one. So they kind of like, this house is fucked. And, and there's, I believe Slayer was, Slayer's in the movie. I don't remember if it was playing at the time or Can not. Can we talk about the key of L's sharp? He, he creates a new key. And I think the best part is Nate keeps going back to the fact he's like, I think it's E flat. I think it's E flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cool inside baseball little thing. And He's there's like, also what about H I J and K? H I J K. Fuck you, or something. <laughs> dude. It was. There is actually some pretty funny fuck you middle finger moments. But it really is too. one of those movies. I'm like, I don't want to recommend it to like every friend. No, absolutely not. It's, I think, in fact, I wouldn't recommend it to probably like. Well, no, considering our friends, I'd say more than most, but like for most people, it's going to be like oh, 5% of your friends. So the people behind us in the theater were like talking through the whole movie. Oh, you were saying that? And I couldn't she's hear like, them. she's like, I hate this. I'm like, God, dude. It, but they sat and watched the whole thing. How did so you I'm even like, like find out about this movie? That's a, th- that's that's a like, thing. We only like, know about it because we're into this. Yeah, kind we're of band shit. bros, yeah. dude. Like, I don't, I don't understand. It was weird. They didn't enjoy it. They did not enjoy it. So the it. point is, it's only for a specific... Very small audience, especially yeah. considering that there were... And the, an entire giant... We were lucky enough to have seen it in a giant RPX, really fancy You know what, theater. dude? There was like eight people total in that whole oh, room. Yeah. That had a lot to do with how cool it was to me. Oh, I mean, the music sounded so awesome, and the screen was just like the, the current state-of-the-art giant yeah. fancy digital projector. Because I'm going to watch it again shit. at home. Yeah. It's not going to have the same effect. No, man. It was. It sounded really good. I was... And and when any movie, when you're sort of in that, like, uh, captured sort of... What's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, captive audience. Yeah. You know, you're paying attention. You're in the, You're in it. And so I was like, even if you're not liking it, you're like, you're paying attention to not liking it. It's and so there were moments where I wasn't yeah. liking, but I would say most of it I was liking. And I would also say that almost the whole time I was smiling. Even if it was like a smirk, I was Same smiling. Same here, dude. Same here. That's why I walked out. I was smiling when I walked out. I was like, that was fucking great, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good it wasn't time. Great. It wasn't a great movie. It no, wasn't not Shawshank even, Redemption. Not even close. But it was I haven't looking fun. I haven't, I should movie. look to see. I don't know how it's been reviewed. I don't even care at all. I do. Oh, I super. Do, not that it's going to change how I feel about it at all, but I'm actually kind of curious to see what the like the mu- movie reviewing. The public problem is, of it. I think there's a lot of people who will watch it and they want to understand like the little funny jokes yeah. about it, even like the timing thing, and like he's talking about like five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> That's a yeah. fucking dancer. I laughed really hard at that right. part. Right. And yeah. like I get it was cute, but it's like that is if somebody did that at band practice, you'd be like, what the fuck are you Five, talking six, about? Seven, and he's like, no, so only odd numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he's like, yeah, one, three, five, seven. He's like, okay. <laughs> Taylor Hawking did a good job, dude. He was Yeah, cool. they I think they didn't ask too much of, of him in, in general, so that uh, was good. The, my favorite part was watching Pat Smear smile through scenes. Yeah. You could tell it was like Saturday Night Live, like a bad Saturday Night Live where you're like, dude, that guy's breaking the entire time. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, but but luckily, luckily that's just his face, so he can get away with that. He's such a sweet guy. He's got to sleep on the counter. I'm like in the kitchen. And then he moved to the floor because all the Chinese food and yeah. beer bottles were up there. Oh, so good, dude. So if you're one of us and you're, if you're listening, you're one of us, uh, go see that movie. And I'm sorry that if we spoiled it and you missed the part where we told you not to get spoiled, Dave, give it to us. You're totally arbitrary ranking. What do you got? What are you going to call Nine it? out of 10. Nine out of 10 what? Pentagrams or whatever or that fucking whatever thing the, he drew. The, yeah. yeah. The six of grams. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give loved it, a it strong eight. I love it. I'm right there with you. Strong eight. I think it'll come down in, into a movie like Spinal Tap was legendary. Yeah. 
because of all the little inside jokes about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll, it, it has that, uh, you can watch it again. And I'm glad it wasn't just trying to be Spinal Tap. It was a totally different no, not at all. horror thing, but it, it fits like a similar rock and roll movie. And, and like, and, and I saw some interview with Dave Grohl. It might've even been when he was on Hot Ones and he was like, look, like what other band, what other band could make this he movie? He goes, we're we, the only we band. We have to do it. Yeah. We have to do it. So. And it wasn't as right. bad as the Kiss movie. Uh, what was that? I'm trying to remember the name. Ghosts of the Amusement Park oh or whatever God. the what fuck that oh was. Oh my God. I, I can, I remember everything about watching because the movie and I can't remember the name of it. We had a whole episode about, you know, what is going on with bands that are in movies. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see Foo Fighters do that. Like, they're like, dude, we're going to take it. Add so this to the list. Yeah. We made a list at some point. We went through a whole list. That was what, that was a bread that we went through a list of the worst rock and roll movies and then watched the kiss movie. And now here, I would say, I would say this is like best worst. Rock and roll movie style. Number one for me. I'm so glad we got to do that, though. Me too, man. Studio 666. That was fun. And the ticket prices because of the cheap theater on Tuesdays were 666. That's That's really cool. Coolest part. And now let's talk about some 666 future gear in this episode. This episode 150. There's some new stuff this week that we got to talk about. Uh, Boss unveiled a new multi-processor multi-effect that is kind of exciting it is the boss gx100 okay. that might sound familiar because they already have the gx1000 which is their quote-unquote flagship this is sort of like a slightly condensed version of that uh it's got a vivid vivid color touch display which these multi-effects pedals are getting freaking touch screens now uh 23 aird aired i don't know how that, how you say that uh that's what they call their amp models now i guess boss roland aird which stands for augmented impulse response dynamics oh and over 150 effects derived from that flagship gt1000 up to 15 simultaneous effects blocks which is a lot of freaking effects blocks at a time and deep real-time command via onboard foot switches and expression pedal and external control support so you know if you've seen a boss multi-effect kind of know what you're looking at it's got eight custom foot switches and an expression pedal i I like that the expression pedal also has a lot of a lot of multi-effect expression pedal rockers uh don't have the thing like when you're using a dunlop like a crybaby wah right you have to like press down on the toe most of the multi-effects don't have that this one does which i think is actually a really nice touch like you don't have to use it but then it gives you the opportunity to to have that sort of like click on functionality which i i miss on multi-effects things um and you can assign that to control basically whatever you want um manual mode provides direct stomp box like control you can even go further with external control uh there's also a jack to do amp control stuff so you can change the channels on your amp which is always nice uh, with memory or uh an assigned foot switch here's another thing dave works as a usb interface they all kind of do that these kinda days have to, right everything has a usb interface have now to. Uh, and so that allows you to perform with a computer. There's also a headphone jack. They've got this uh, software called Boss Tone Studio uh, where you can tweak every single parameter, which is awesome because that's been the worst part historically of all of these multi-effects things that do a ton of stuff. Right. Like being able to like cleanly access and tweak parameters is usually uh, the worst. And you and can save you can do your presets on, and stuff like On that? a computer or with a little Bluetooth dongle, you can do it on your freaking phone. Too. Come on. You can control your multi-effect boss now from your phone. All right, what are we talking here? Five ninety nine. Fucking nailed it, dude. Really? Five ninety nine. That's the price. I'm fucking psychic. You dude. are psychic. You didn't even look at the. I swear to thing. God, I've never. But heard yeah, of this. Boss Tone Studio app. You got to buy a little extra Bluetooth wireless dongle for the phone part, or for the. I'm sorry, for the uh, multi-effect part. 
but it's called the audio media dual da- adapter and uh yeah with that you can control the whole thing from boss tone studio app on your phone which is pretty cool are you gonna buy it you know it's been a Let's real be long time since i've ever considered buying a boss multi-effect but here's the thing i use the boss switcher so like i do have have that uh i think it's awesome maybe if i were to like get rid of all my pedals i do like that it has loop external loops uh, so yeah. you can pl- plug like your fuzz pedals and stuff in there which is sure. the thing that i don't want from a boss multi-effect and um it also dude i didn't even mention also does uh it has an ir loader so you can load your own cabinet irs which is a huge deal uh and most multi-effects pedals Whoa. don't even have that yet and um they're th- filling some space right there dude. They're, they're filling some space for 600 bucks so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Uh, you know what I wanted to mention? I for, I wanted to mention this first and I forgot. So I, I live in Ukrainian village in Chicago. There's obviously a lot of bullshit going on with Russia we already mentioned. Uh, so, you know, I actually went to a protest here in Chicago recently. And I, I noticed that uh, there's this thing called uh, Music for Peace. And it is um, this basically campaign where some music companies, like gear companies, are getting together and donating money to the the Ukrainian effort for all the atrocities that are cool. happening right there right now. So uh, there's the, the Latvia-based Erika Synths company has pledged to donate all of its income and not just profits. Um, this includes their graphic VCO and plasma drive, their um, Eurorack modules, <clears throat> as well as other gear, uh, gear available at their web shop. There are a bunch of other brands, including Rare Buzz Effects, Caroline Guitar, and Drunk Beaver. So um, wanted to mention that that's because cool, man. that's super Fuck cool. Yeah. If you if you wanted to buy any of their stuff or were just thinking about supporting that effort, here's a good way to do it. That's really cool. Right now, I should have put that earlier. Uh, maybe I'll edit it around. Uh, Ludwig is celebrating 50 years of making Vistalite drums. Can you believe that? Oh man, people still they still make those. They still make them, and they're celebrating with limited edition patterns and colors, including various stripe combinations like red yellow red white and blue and blue green clear as well as sparkle options that put some glitz and glitter into the clear shells hot take yeah if bonham never played those would they be as popular as they are no but i still no matter what man even if you see like a weird ugly orange kit like they're still fucking cool when but you the see sound them in person. of the whole like they sound bad i've never i've never played a this kind of where kit i was or seen one that yeah. i think sounds really awesome uh I, although i will say dan lou has a vistalite snare yeah but which, he's an amazing drummer yeah but that's the he, he that snare actually does sound really good either way which is very surprising like i saw it and i was like right. i'm not gonna like how that thing sounds and then it actually sounds really good I'm not mad at this. So I'm not kid. mad. There, so it's what's super, this uh, anniversary? It's super limited. Uh, there are like 25 of each type. Uh, and there's they also made, they're making special snares, 50 cool. each. And these are the full production models for the first time since 2009. I don't, I couldn't, couldn't find any prices, but they're going to be expensive, I would imagine, because Vistalite, you can get vintage Vistalite for not that expensive again, right. because like uh, they usually don't sound that good. But maybe the, I, 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 I would actually kind of, I would have to bet that this is a situation where the new would sound better than the old. Interesting, uh, because they're plastic, and I'm sure they've they've figured out better rim technology and the edges true, and maybe. whatever it is whatever I'm, it or listen to the fact that people think the old ones sound like poop poop butts unless john bottom's playing it unless it's john bottom playing it oh dude that reminds me i have to send it to you i found a full it looks like nicely recorded zeppelin set from 1979 uh, on youtube Ooh. and i haven't watched it because it was like two and a half hours but i was going to send it to you and i forgot so dude that late zeppelin there's that uh okay so let's keep it moving even tied 
is bundling 50 years of their audio experience uh, into a grand total of 33 separate plugins in their newest Anthology 12. They basically have had 11 previous and now 12 anthologies where you can buy all of their plugins together. And uh, this pro level collection includes even time classes like the classics, like the harmonizer SP 2016 reverbs, Tony's Visconti's T verb and many more Uh, $7.99 looks like is the price, uh, which I saw. It's it's confusing because I thought it was $17.99 and then I saw $7.99, but I don't know because even tied plugins are very expensive and high quality to begin with. So I'm not sure, but uh, either seven or seventeen ninety nine. You're off by a thousand bucks. Just a, just a grr yeah. and uh, figure that out. And finally, there's one last thing I wanted to say here about gear, and that is uh, this is going to be exciting to you because you recently bought uh, that Grace back pedal. Yeah, I love that thing. And uh, I think everyone knows JHS's Josh Scott. That dude is a bit of a pedal collector. One of his most favorite possessions is a very Oh boy, that mimosa is getting me. All right, clear. Very, that. very early DOD 250 pedal, which is obviously like what your pedal that is based on. Same, yeah, circuit. Uh, which and his is the 75th pedal they the company DOD ever made. He has in his collection. So his ode to this early 250, the limited edition number 75 big box throwback, sold out very quickly. But there's a smaller, more mass-produced version that is is available for 179 that you can still get the GHS Overdrive preamp. So, if you were trying to get that take on that 75th DoD pedal, which as a Dodfather, I'm not not sad that I don't have one of those. Uh, now you can get just in a regular sort of smaller GHS box. Uh, you can get that for I'm 179. Very happy with my uh, Chicago Stompworks. Yeah, that great spec. It honestly, dude, it's it sounds perfect at any level. At any level. Yep. Well, you can over, you know, you can get really good with it. But But you, that's what we've talked about. You want that, you want that last. It gets wacky. Eight to 10 range on a pedal to get wacky. It's such a smooth. Glitch out. Give me too much. Let me have too much. Let me know where the ceiling is. As long as I can bring it back to home base. We're always bringing it back, dude. As long as it doesn't break. Give me a little extra in your pedals. Give me a little extra in your amps. Give me a little extra in your guitars. Who's to say? Now, my guitars, I'm a little more conservative. Get amps and pedals get wild. Can I tell you something? Well, yeah. With your uh, hair and your beard, and now the jacket thing. Oh yeah. You're rocking a Paul McCartney. I'm right I'm now. I'm going full Maca. You're going '69 McCartney for sure. Ramon, to someone to each other. Let me ask you a question. You can cut this out if you want. Yeah. Where Where did you get your Nord? Did you get it in a trade? I think I traded for it. Yeah, I traded. I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember that the guy took it and put it in the snow. Remember? Well, because he dropped it. Or no, he just, he just set, like, it, set down? it down into Ugh. the snow. And I, I, would have to, I would have to look what it was. I can't dude, remember off the top of my I head. I saw one for sale for like seventeen hundred the other day, and I was like, Dude, there is one. Much? No, oh, there are more than. Because I thought you were like five, six, seven hundred. No, no, no. Those are like multiple thousands of dollars. Oh. Yeah. The new, that one was like 3200 or something. Dude, check this out. I saw, this was the 5D. There's the 6D, like the new one came out. A dude has for uh, sale on Craigslist right now for 1200 bucks. All day. Those maybe are 20, that's the one I saw. All day, those are $2,400. I already emailed about to ask if he still has the box and the, cash gig, it and out, the, and the gig bag. And I I might, but it's I might, I will, I would sell this one and take the new one, but. 
No, that that's the it's, one you've been playing. It's, but it's the updated version of this. Is it better? Barely. Yeah. So you kind of want to keep the one that you. I know. I really like this one. Gotta love the one you're with, dude. No, those North. I got a really heck of a deal on this, but they're they're very very expensive. That's that that one on. Yeah, I jumped on that shit immediately. Nice. There was another guy who was selling a bunch of pedals, but then he didn't say how much they were. So I thought maybe I could get them for cheap, but not nice. He was, he was like, well, I was like, well, because he's like, here are all these pedals that I have and didn't list a single price. And I was like, well, how much? Did he, he like, want well, which uh, one? Like I was like, well, all of them. $20,000 for like eight The months. whole collection. I do the whole when People do the whole collection. I thing. hate it's that shit. Like, okay. I saw a guy the other day. I didn't email you the ad, but he was like, I've got all these guitars and there was no price. That that was the ad. What are, what were the guitars? Oh, it said. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It said four thousand dollars, and there must have been fifteen guitars. And he goes, he goes. Were uh, they nice guitars? A lot of them look like shit. But there was like a Fender, a Gibson. And he's like a bunch of like copies. But that was his ad. It was just like no pricing it out, no telling you like what's four thousand dollars. What are you talking about? I hate that shit so much, dude. Dude, I gotta tell you something. So I had this whole thing that I worked out that I was that we're like this whole read a bunch wrote a bunch of stuff. This whole segment that we're gonna close it out with. And I just don't feel like I want to do it for really? this. Okay. So I was kind of thinking maybe we should just say let's just talk about the last 150 episodes for for the next however many minutes. Sure. I didn't do any preparation, so you, I know you didn't either. So neither of us are in a in a in a win winning position. You mean here. we're just gonna talk? I feel like let's just let's just like what have what have you, from a gear perspective, what have you, what do you feel, how do you feel like you've grown in the past 150 episodes of GearBuds podcast? Not even just like as a podcast host, but just like as a gear person. Like, how do you feel like, how do you feel like you've grown? What have you learned or what do you, what, do you, what, what is different or, or new for you? I'll be honest, man. The only thing I've seen change with, well, the market has obviously gone up. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen that. Um, I still feel like I love gear and I love fucking buying shit and selling shit mm-hmm. or looking at prices. I'm I'm never bored of like jumping on reverb. Yeah. Like, you know, so that's good. Right? I want to Les Paul. Yeah, I was I, I was wait, that little, the, I would I would say I I have personally noticed that your Gibson addiction or care has it's gotten weird, definitely dude. increased. I don't even play guitar. Why the fuck do I want a $2500 guitar? It's insane. If you're getting a good deal on it, too. Right for the ones that you're after. Yeah, I'll take one for five as well. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I'm really happy with the gear I have. I'm yeah. Really I think your pedals, have, your pedals have definitely evolved a bit. That's true. Cause I wasn't a pedal guy ever. And I would say you're, you're but you're like, you gotta be careful. Cause a lot, a lot of people who are pedal guy and bassist together. And it's like, Oh boy. Right. But you're, you're not, you're, you're, you, you know how to use pedals and, and use them tastefully. And I but barely you're not ever like, use them. Actually. Well, that's the thing is you're not, you're not like, Oh, I need to throw on my fourth reverb for this song or whatever. Oh, it's, it's not reverb on bass. <laughs> that, yeah. That's it's a real worst. deal. A little, I could see a little spring. Every if you're out there using reverb on bass, dude, dude, I disagree. On. If you're playing like a staccato bass part, like with a, just a little bit of spring on there, that can be cool. Well, that's like more hell. of a delay, like a dig a dig. Just like doom, maybe. I don't know. I can imagine it. just a little, or maybe a little plate. I don't know. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm very happy with my collection, but I'm also excited to always talk about gear. That yeah. really is a true, a true. Statement. I feel that. I can, I can tell you're never, you're never forcing it. You're never faking it. No, no, what, no way, man. 
if I get tired of it, I'll stop. Yeah. And you, and you, and I feel like as much as, cause I'm always looking at stuff. I, so it's even surprising to me cause I look at Craigslist every day and there still still be sometimes you'll send me something from Craigslist that I missed. I'm like, dang, how did I not even see that one? Which you've is got funny. An, you've got an eye for the good when stuff. When I send you Craigslist, I always assume you've seen it first. It's not always true. Sometimes, but I'll say. Because I'll be like, my oh, reverb yeah, feed blah, blah, blah. is my feed, but yeah. everybody sees the same Craigslist. Exactly. I do hide a lot on Craigslist. What do you mean? Like, because you can just hide posts. You can? Oh, yeah. There's a little yeah. trash can icon. Or so if it's, and if it's, and if it's like a spam post, I Marcus always flag. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah. Report it or whatever. Um, yeah. What about yourself, my friend? myself i think i mean it's i yeah looking back wow i remember 150 episodes i think it might have been our the first episode might have been a picture of me playing that that lap slide when you and i still had a space together and you're still in that space so a lot has changed since then you know i like we had that space together and i had that full of amps and pedals and then i moved into that fucking studio and filled that full of stuff and now that ended now i'm back home here so it's like my my gear evolution has has been significant since then i still have even though I have unloaded some things, I still have more gear right now than first of all, any one person should ever have, but also more than I probably ever had really. Cause I have just like so many guitars and things, even like I have guitars loaned out and like stingray has one and Dan has one. It's just like, Oh, I still have too many that I'll ever even, then I'll ever even play. We were pedals. talking about this though. The other day, like that Les Paul is you, I know that you got Les the 335. You the love that thing. But like yeah. that Les Paul is like, which is tough because the the SG is really the one that, from when I think like to back to like my youth and like rock and roll fantasies and touring and all that sort of stuff, that's a guitar that I like could never get rid of. So it's it, you know it's weird like that's one of the last ones I play. Right. But that is also another one that I could just like never get rid of. So now I've I've got this burden where it's like that and okay then like my Martin that's my acoustic like I could never oh. unless shit gets real bad. In my Why would life, you ever you know, need I could another, never get rid but of that's that. That's the only acoustic you'll ever need. I kind of want a like a much smaller body, like a parlor finger style kind of guitar. Because like LGO, maybe I I would probably go like a a, tr- a, a triple aught fifteen or something. I I'm Martin. I'm a Martin kind of guy. I know uh, Gibson doesn't get a good rap as acoustic guitars for some reason. Well, unless you're playing the like the Hummingbird, which people love, or the Mockingbird, or even the Jumbo people SJ two hundred people really like those guitars. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just I've, every Mar- like for me my my favorite acoustics have always been Martin. Um, so I would get one of those, but my point is like, now I'm like, as much as I keep trying to slim things down and like have less stuff, I, I'm realizing that it's like, oh, there are so many things that are actually, I could just like full life, lifetime keepers, like things that I'll just have forever. And I have to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better. I guess that's, that's what I'm getting to is that I'm trying to, through the podcast, I'm trying to be better at, at accepting that. Like I have too much and I would like to actually get rid of a bunch of stuff, but there's still a bunch of things that I just know that I'm always going to have to have because they're important to me like that last Paul, even though it, it, it isn't the SG, right? Well, yeah. And you'd also never want to sell it and then not be able to get it back. <sighs> that would be the, that'd be the real tough part. I mean, I thought I've been thinking about that a lot of like with the, or even try to buy something that's similar. You'd be I like, mean, you know, trading and selling off a substantial amount of Lego that I, as I've done recently, I've been thinking about that too. It's like, man, it'd be tough to like try to get some of this stuff back, but you always with like plastic bricks, you could always kind of get, get it back with like, a vintage guitar that has a feel and a life and a soul to and it's, it. yeah has had a provenance. a provenance you can't so i'll say that's one way that i've evolved i would say okay then now knowing getting keeping that in mind and like how we've changed in in these 150 episodes 
in in the next 150 how would you like to change what what, what in the future what would you like to how, or how would you if you could like and you could future gear yourself and and how would you like to evolve or would you not want to evolve like what what would you like to maybe hmm. see how could you see yourself getting into next or some With things gear? that you'd like to explore a bit more that's a good question i'd like to buy a guitar amp what kind of guitar amp what are you thinking about i love a vox dude so you want to, like I think a, an like AC fifteen. Okay, dude, I could fucking see right because I. By the way, like it's it's like but not, I'm not just any AC. I'm not a guitar player. Uh, probably in, like a nineties. Like Paul had a nineties AC fifteen that was from uh, UK, I guess. Uh-huh. Was, when they were still British made, yeah. right? And it fucking and he paid like six hundred bucks for it or something stupid. So you can still those are one of the amps the you Chinese can still find made pretty cheap or for like six seven hundred bucks. You, I've, you see, you could see those sometimes four fifty. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's my thing. I'm like, I'm not a guitar player, but I do want a nice, like, two band. I could see you clang your face off through a freaking Vox AC-15. Oh, dude. Lester and AC-15. But that's the thing with that AC-15, that would sound really good also with your Strat. Exactly. And I'm, and that's where I'm at right now. Yep. A Strat and a Lester. Um, Oh my God. Now I'm not going to think about anything else, but you needing an AC-15. Just send me AC-15 ads. I know. I know. I know our our good buddy, Josh Kelvillage from hand practices as he plays in hand. Well, I don't know if it's his main amp right at this particular point, but he definitely has one. I mean, Dan Smart was a big, big proponent as well. Yes. Yeah. We, I think we recorded through that actually. And with a strat as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what about yourself? Hmm. Where are you growing? I, I see myself continuing the trend of trying to, reduce some things because there was a there was a point where you wanted to buy like a mini board oh i wanted yeah i wanted a full which console we all want things but what do you think you actually well i was trying to i was trying to mix records and stuff you know and i don't i don't really see that happening right now like i i could i'm gonna do it for me and myself and my friends like because i like to do it but i don't at that point i was trying to make it a little more of a push to do like with my life and um that's just not i just don't really see that being the thing at this particular point so having a console doesn't really make sense for me i think I could see myself moving out of here and filling the next space with things, but I don't know what that looks like yet. A drum friendly space. Oh, that would be, that would be lovely. I don't know. That's ideal. That is that exactly. That's ideal. Mm, I still have my kit, so I don't see myself getting rid of that. I, I would like to add electronic drums. I'd like to, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to find a way to get uh, make it more easy for me to loop things like not just guitar. Like I want to be able to have a setup where I can ha- like sit down and like play an electronic or acoustic drum kit and like hit some stuff and then like have that loop. And then in the same room, then go over to like a bass and like set up a loop and have that going. Like I would like to be able to like have loops more readily available you to me on that. things other than just like my Kemper right. or a guitar amp with a loop pedal or whatever. Yeah. So exploring that, but not making it, but I don't want it to get be so separated. I would love it to be in a way that's like self-contained, sort of like Ableton like or one something monitor. like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of I don't know. That's that's kind of spitballing a little bit. I think bit. you should. I mean, you can play a sweet drum beat, cool key part, bassline. That's the, yeah. I kind of want to see. I want to explore that a bit. Yeah, man. Mm, I would like to also. Uh, I kind of want to get a one of the like neural or one of the really fancy self-contained modeling units like they were talking about the boss but maybe even fancier than like a fractal or like how my Kemper like it's a rack unit but then it has a floor controller I want I kind of yeah doesn't your Kemper already do that 
Yeah, but that's it's like two separate things. I kind of I kind of would like to get one of the um, just like self-contained everything literally in just one unit, so you can use it, and that's and only that. Let I'd me, like to get one of those. Let me ask you a crazy question. Yeah, have you ever just thought about stripping down and just being like, I'm gonna do a whole thing through like two amps, like maybe a little guitar amp and a bass amp or something. I would and just record it with mics. I would love to. Like yeah. strip it down. Like let it all go. I'd love to. Maybe Dude, add I would, some compression. Honestly, I would love to. Like, that'd be cool. Uh, that sounds amazing. That is kind of the thing I loved about the Foo Fighters. Full circle. Yeah. Is that they do like Dave Grohl does have that thing with him where he's like, I just want to take it all away and just do fucking strip it down. Ahead. I don't care if the fucking tempo goes off. I don't care like what happens. I feel that I, I you know how obsessed I am with computers and technology and all that sort of stuff. But I honestly I feel that a lot of days where I just like want to and I do I'll just like and when I feel that way I just grab acoustic guitar and just play right. acoustic guitar but when it's just like removing anything between me and just like a sound happening sometimes that gives me a lot of anxiety sometimes i have a lot of fun plugging a bunch of wires and moving all this stuff right. around it's and totally tweaking fun, parameters yeah. and stuff it's but not a burden lately i've been feeling myself a bit more and more getting back to wanting just to like yeah or even just dude honestly getting like a fucking just being able to like turn a, f- a half stack up and just like plug a, a guitar with humbuckers directly into a half stack and turn that up and like let that feedback like that kind of simplicity i've been craving that kind of thing lately so i totally feel you what you're saying just like sticking a mic in front of an amp for mm-hmm. sure that sounds really nice and recording it and being like fuck yeah and recording it and then that's the other thing too then it's like okay well then once you get computers involved things get complicated no, dude, it's a fine way to like sh- simplify that you the know? sm7 into that fucking amp over there it's yeah. the balthy dude that that is a beautiful combination Just write a song that way i've got a lot i dude honestly i do i and i have i've got a bunch of those that's fun man i've got a bunch of those songs and i, I do don't that. i don't um i and those and those songs never get beyond uh just like recording my phone i like write a couple verses and chorus and maybe a bridge and then i just like are like okay i can sing it and play it now and right. then i do that on my phone and then i have those recordings and then i like haven't even done any of them in like a real yeah. recording we all have space. like uh 90 unfinished songs Everybody, yeah yeah a lot sure. of them well, buddy, dude, maybe 150 unfinished songs. We start releasing each this one great, in the next man. 150 episodes. I enjoyed this a lot. I enjoyed this. I enjoy doing this every week. With I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we hope we love doing this with y'all. And um, thank you to anybody again that either, even if this is your first episode, thank you for joining us, making it to the end here. Uh, we're, we're super thankful. It means a lot, especially the folks that reach out. That just makes us feel good and like we're we're yeah. hitting we're hitting an audience. So. We love you, and if you made it this far and you want to get, make it another 150, um, you know, why don't you go make some music?